Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadia States, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745, or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. soul take precedent over the needs of your physical body. And this is something that a whole lot of people don't understand and it messes up our lives. Because we grow in this life and we're taught to satisfy the flesh. Y'all real quiet. Are y'all still following me? We're taught when we're hungry what do we do? You said that's just a natural thing. But how many times do we eat? <laughs> One of the pastors from Liberia said to me, he said, Bishop, Americans eat by the clock. We eat when there's food. And we train ourselves. 1130, 12 o'clock, we're hungry. Most of us, maybe you're not. Because if you haven't trained yourself to do that, so that means that you can train yourself to eat one meal a day or two meals a day. You can train yourself. You can train yourself. I was reading last night uh, the thing that you, that you want, to, five foods that you want to avoid. I was just reading that. I saw it. It popped up, you know, and I said, I need to read this because I started gaining some weight and I don't want to gain any weight. First thing it said was you got to come off of sugar. First thing that popped up in our mind, how am I going to drink my tea without sugar? Or drink my coffee without sugar. Or how am I going to stop drinking these sodas? Because, my, you know, that's what I drink. I don't drink water. So we train ourselves. So you train yourself to drink water. And you notice what I've started noticing is that if I fail to drink a lot of water in the day, then I start getting cramps. My hands start cramping. My feet start cramping. For lack of water. You see me sitting in this pulpit and I'm drinking water because I realize that from breakfast up until now, I may not have had enough water. And then it begins to affect my eyesight. My eyes start getting blurry. And then it affects your urine because your urine becomes really strong. I'm just talking to adults now. I'm talking to people that love sodas, that love sugar, and refuse to drink Water. I would ask you to raise your hands. How many of you drink at least 64 ounces of water in a day? Don't raise your hand. Don't do that. I ain't trying to point nobody out. I'm just trying to make us think. So, you know, you see, you, you see people go by the store because the, those big old 64-ounce sodas are only 64 cents or whatever they cost. They get a big old soda, and they're sipping on that soda all day long. And they don't sip on it all day because they drink it real fast. Why not get a big thing of water and sip on it? Well, water don't taste right. Water really has no taste. Just drink it. It's for your good. But, 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 Lord have mercy. We get caught up in the needs of the physical body. 
And we train ourselves to satisfy the flesh. And the scripture talks to us about the lust of the flesh. And we are often thinking that, you know, this is dealing with sexual. It can be dealing with eating, drinking, whatever it is. Okay? But we have to understand that if we're going to transform our world, there has to be a transformation in the way that we think. And we have to begin to realize that, 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 that the needs of the spirit man, the needs of our soul, the needs of our spirit take precedent over the needs of the body. How does this scripture speak to this? Look at this scripture. It says, Elijah returned to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the region. While the company of the prophets were meeting with him. So what did he do first? Before they had the feast, they didn't even cook the dinner. They didn't prepare the food until after they were sitting at the prophet's feet being taught by him. So what is Elijah doing? He's addressing the spiritual needs first. Oh, they could have, the man of God is coming. The prophet of the Lord is coming. Let's prepare a meal for him. Ooh, Mary and Martha, Jesus went to their house. And, and, and um, now y'all help me out. Who was it that was sitting at Jesus' feet? And who was it that was complaining? Come, Jesus. She, I'm doing all of the work. But what did Jesus say? She said, he said, She's chosen the good part because she's sitting at my feet. She's not busy preparing for you, Pastor Jesus. She wants to hear what you have to say. She wants to hear your teaching. Now today, it ain't just the people that's preparing, it's the preachers too. They want, we want to come and eat. You know, if we have people over for dinner, my desire is really to have the food prepared before time people are supposed to come. So that by the time they get there, we can sit down and talk. So we're not busy in the kitchen running here and there and yonder trying to prepare for folk to get there. But the important thing in this text is, is that Elisha does not focus on the physical first. He begins to teach them. He sits with them. And guess what? They're sitting with him. They're not complaining. They're not busy. They're sitting. They're attentively listening. They're respectfully listening to the man of God. So what has to happen if transformation is to take place in our lives is that we have to change the way we think about our needs. Got to change the way we think about our needs. It's not my physical that needs first. It's my spirit man. It's my spirit man. I, I've, I've said this before, and I don't know how many of you remember that, but a lot of times, uh, you know, because I stop and eat, you know, it, it interferes with my preparation. So it's better for me to go and prepare to preach, prepare to minister, and then eat later. Now, I'm going to eat now. I don't fast on Sunday morning. I'm telling y'all right now. Ain't nothing unspiritual about that. I'm going to eat on Sunday morning. If you train yourself not to fast on Sunday, that's fine. I was talking to Pastor Breeze. I said, Pastor Breeze, because other pastors come to my house, they, they don't want to eat breakfast. I said, Pastor Breeze, you want breakfast? He said, yes, Dad. I want breakfast. I eat on Sunday morning. I said, thank you, because I eat too. 
Amen. Because I'm going to stand up here for a, a little while, so I need some physical strength too. Amen. I'm almost, uh, no, I'm not. Anyway. So in this life, now notice here, notice here that these, that these, these men are in the school of the prophets. So they're already studying. They're already learning, amen, the word of God. They're already learning ministry. But when the leader comes, they sit at his feet. And they don't complain. They don't get angry. They don't get antsy. They're not busy doing something else. There's nothing else that's too important. They don't, they don't take time to sit and attentively listen to the instructions that he gives to them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as they listen, Elijah, Elisha is not insensitive to them. And, and, and this is key because he knows that the physical needs are there as well. Um, and so he, 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 um, so he said, set the great pot on and, 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 and seeth boil. They're making a stew. He tells them to set the pot on the fire. You know, they didn't have electric stoves. They didn't have gas stoves. So they would have had a, they would have had a means of, I picture Liberia and how they cook for us when they have the little cook things outside and they build a fire and sit the big, big pots on it. There's significance to that, but I'm not going to go into all of that. When you go back and study, you need to look into all of this, okay? You'll learn something, okay? So if you will transform your world, okay, the second thing is when he tells them, let me back up, when he tells them to set the big pot on, let's read this, Okay? Put on the large pot and cook some stew for the men. One of them went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. He gathered some of its gourds and filled the fold in his cloak. When he returned, he cut them up into the pot of stew, though one, no one knew what they were. The stew was poured out for the men, but is it... Okay, let me stop right there. So secondly, if you're going to transform your world... Watch out for people who want to do for you, who want to speak into your life, but they operate out of good intention and not from direct communication or instruction from God. You know, there are a whole lot of people that want to speak into your life. There are a whole lot of people that want to help you with your problems. Do you think that I would go to Steve Harvey and ask Steve Harvey for counseling? It doesn't have to be big as Steve Harvey. You see, there are a whole lot of people around you that have opinions about your situation. They have opinions about your circumstances. What does this man do? He decides to go out into the field. The Bible didn't say that Elisha sent him. The Bible didn't say that he was one of the ones that were in charge of getting food. And the Bible even says that he went out to gather herbs. There, are, there is a difference between an herb and a wild vine. It's a big difference. And when I read this, I thought about that runner. Because, you, you know, you look for some evidence in Scripture uh, to help you when you're trying to make a point. 
And you know that runner when 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 uh, David's son, uh, uh, what's his name? Absalom. Thank you, Elder Hoskins. The rest of the folk were baffled. So David had a lot of sons. When Absalom had 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 gone to war against David, and they were they were in battle, and David and David had sent the armies out, and they were fighting against Absalom and his men, and Absalom was killed in battle, and there were runners designated to go back and tell, take the news to the king, and so when Absalom was killed, this young man didn't realize what had happened, and he went to Joab, I believe it was, and said, "Let me run and tell the king," and Joab said, "No, no, 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 you're not the one that's designated to run." He said, "But I want to run anyway." And he ran with the news. And when he got to David, David said, is everything? Well, he said, everything is well. But he didn't know Absalom had been killed. But there was the, the designated runner coming. And David looked out and saw the runner coming. He said, there's another runner coming. Let me wait and hear what he has to say. You know, and I thought about people can have good intentions. And a whole lot of people have good intentions, but they don't have any, any foundation in God. They don't have, they don't, they don't, they're not the ones designated to speak into your life. They're not praying for you. They're not seeking God, amen. They're not even seeking the face of God for themselves. And then you're going to allow them to give an opinion about your situation and your circumstance. There's a saying that's not scriptural, and I thought about it. It says, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Now, I don't know whether that's the truth. I don't think that's the truth, but good intentions might mean that you have good intentions, but you don't have the truth. You don't have knowledge. You don't have wisdom. People want to be counselors, and they've been trained to be counselors. How many young people, and I've been, been young, I'm still young, but I've been there. You know, you're going through stuff, and you say you're scared to talk to your parents. Been there, done that. And you're scared to talk to older people in the church. Some of that scaredness is, I don't want to. But who you talk to? You tend to talk to your peers. So if I'm 19 and you're 19, now I kind of don't have but 19 years of experience. And probably my experience is no greater than your experience. So I can't tell you too much. Because I don't. And if I'm 19 and I'm not the Lord and I'm not praying and I'm not seeking God, not really even submitted to God, then I'm definitely not going to give you godly advice. I might have good intentions, and what I may tell you is good intentions, but I may be like this man who goes out in the field and pulls poisonous gourds, not realizing that they're poisonous, and I come back and I feed it to you. Because I don't realize the danger in what I picked up along the way. I don't realize the danger that I picked up from watching stuff I shouldn't have watched on television. 
I may not realize the danger that I picked up by listening to stuff that I shouldn't have listened to. I don't realize the danger of associating with people that I should not have associated with. So I picked up stuff. And, I, and it's deadly stuff. And I come back and I put it in the pot that you're eating from. Because I'm connected to you. And, you, you, and, and, and you're going to eat from what I give you. And it's deadly. It's deadly. It's deadly. So if I'm going to transform my life, I've got to watch out for people who have good intention, but they do not have the wisdom of God. They do not have the anointing of God. They do not have the assignment of God to speak into my life. He went to gather herbs and found a, found a wild vine. The fruit kind of looked like cucumbers, a, some type of form of cucumber, according to what the text says. And how many of y'all know what maypops are? Anybody grew up in the country? Oh, you know. Thank you, Brother Mount. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Talbot. Thank you. Amen. So I'm not by myself. You know, we take the used to do what? Well, I'm not saying they're poisonous. You still here? We'll talk after service. <laughs> but you know, you think about I thought about the Maypop, which which y'all don't know what it is, but you have to be in the country and you gotta roam through the woods and you find this fruit that grows on a wild it just grows wild. And we used to take them and you know, we play with them, but if you, if you, if you could pop them easily yeah. in that cedar. I never ate one of them because, mm-mm. Yeah. So this man goes out and he gathers these wild vines, looking for herbs, looking for what was right, but chooses the wrong thing and comes back and cuts them up into the pot. And they pour the food out for him, which means they serve the, the, the sons of the prophets. And lastly, let me finish this up. Oh, no, 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 no. Let, let me not finish this up right here. Okay. You know, and, and you think about this, and this man, think about this now. Because when I, when I read this, I was saying, Lord, that's the way people act. That's the way people do. The, the, this man probably out there said, oh, wow, I found something good. I, he probably was saying, God directed me to these maypops, or this, this fruit. You know, people, you know, people just get all crazy. You know, because they don't have direction from God. Amen? And they begin to attribute things to God that God never did. Deceived. What does Satan come to do? In many ways that he, and and, and some of the ways that he does it is that he is a deceiver. And he deceives people. He deceives people into thinking Wrong is right. Evil is good. Poison is healthy. And when you don't know it, you end up taking poison and eating poison. Third point, this is the last point, that helped these men. Because transformation had to take place. You know, the thing that helped these men the man of God was there. 
the man of God was there. The man of God, the, man, the designated man of God, is going to have the word of God for your life. There's an answer that God will give in every situation and every circumstance. If you want it. If you want it. If you want it. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But you got to want to delight yourself in the Lord. You got to want it. You got to want it. The men said, Father, there's death in the pot. When they tasted it, you see, you see, this thing was so deceptive that they couldn't even smell the bad. They couldn't smell the poison. There's some stuff that's happening in your life. You can't smell it. You can't see it. But it's happening. It's only when you begin to taste it. And sometimes you begin to taste stuff. Because you satisfied your flesh for so long, you kind of ignore it. You know, it's like, it's like if you ever smoked, if you ever remember, if you smoke and you started smoking, the first time you smart, started smoking, what does your body do? Cut it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Most people. Ninety nine point nine. That remember. Because your body was not designed for that. So your body begins to reject it. But you can overcome it. And people will teach you how to overcome it. They'll teach you not to allow the smoke to go certain places. And they'll teach you how to blow the smoke out of your nose. He said, Bishop, how you know? No, I was not a smoker. When I played, they made us smoke. And that was one reason that I said, no, no, this is not for me. Uh-uh, you didn't make me do nothing. Mm-mm. That was the nastiest thing. I don't want that taste in my mouth. I can't figure out why people want to drink beer. It's nasty. This is nasty. But that's me. May not be you. <laughs> May not be you. <laughs> All right. But the man of God was there. And when he said there's death in the pot, and you got to hear this, you got to hear there's death in the pot. Satan has come to steal, to kill, to destroy you. You've got to get to the point that you realize what the devil is trying to do to you. You've got to realize, I can tell you about it all day long, but until, you, until your eyes are open, you won't realize. But when you realize, if you're connected properly, there's a man of God who will speak into your life. And the, and, and the man of God will have the solution. The Bible says that, 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 that Elijah, that Elisha said to them, uh, go and get me some, in the King James, I think it says meal, in the NIV it says flour, either one. You know, the, the point of it is that, 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 that by divine direction, 
And by divine intervention, what Elijah put in the pot took away the poison. But it was because he was there. They were sitting at his feet. They were being taught by him. God will put you in connection with the right people. He will put you. When you come, if God has connected you to this ministry, and you come, you sit at my feet, and you learn what God gives. And you don't even have to take my word for everything. But be, as the Bereans were, noble enough to go back and take the scriptures that I give you and search and study the scriptures. God will speak volumes in your life. You ain't got to go look for an answer to your problems and to your situations. God will give you answers. God will give you answers. God will give you answers. Because the devil has come to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. There's death in your pot. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. So if you're going to transform your life, if you're going to transform your life, I know I didn't say, okay, go and, and take XYZ course. And go and, but I'm telling you, if you're going to transform your life, you have to make sure that you follow the instructions that are given in this, that you pick up in this scripture. You're going to transform it. You've got to understand that your, your, your spiritual needs are far greater than your, spirit, your physical needs. And then you begin. I know as a child, you're taught to, to want your spirit, physical needs satisfied. But as you grow and you get older and you hear the teaching, then you need to start focusing on your spirit man. Because your spirit man should control your body. You got to watch out for people with good intentions, but don't have a direct word from the Lord. They'll lead you astray. They'll lead you, they can have all the good intentions in the world. People have good intentions. You know, I, I keep talking to my son. I thank God for, for spiritually minded people that keep talking to him. I'm saying to him, son, you know, I said to him, you don't need to join a fraternity. So you can have context. God got enough context in the church. And then God revealed it to him. I said, son, I said, you watch how we're doing certain things. There are some things that are history in our family. You don't want to try this stuff on both sides of your family. You don't want to try this stuff. Because that spirit will attach itself to you. You don't want to try these kinds of things. He write back and said, Dad, I realized that what you were saying was the truth. Hallelujah. I'm not telling you these things so I can puff my chest out, pat myself on the back and say, oh, I knew I was telling I'm telling you these things so I can help you. There are people that have good intentions. They don't know any better. This is the way they live. This is the way they think. They, they, they form their worlds around the way that I tell my son, I said, son, you weren't raised like that. You were not raised like that. I got preachers in this house. 
I want you to think. I want you to realize that you need to have around you people who are led by the Spirit of God and people that are rooted and grounded in Scripture and don't mind speaking to you what the Word of God says. And you need to I keep, you got to, I said, now before this sermon is over, you connect with the church in New Orleans. I said, now, and, and there's a, you might say that, that uh, Pastor, you shouldn't do that. But if you need my help, you're going to do what I say do. You're going to do what I said. If you need my help, if you need my money, oh, Bishop, you're just hard. Uh, uh. You're going to do what I say do because it's for your good. You might not like it at first, but just do it. You know, just, just start that pot to boiling. Just turn the heat up on that pot. Let that pot boil. And see how God will transform your life. So we got to get our children into spiritual places where they can begin to sit. On, because, you see, the thing about it is our children that have been raised in the church, they have a desire already. The Holy Ghost has already started something on the inside of them. And all we got to do is get them back in that environment long enough for the Holy Ghost to arrest them. And we got to pray. We can't stop praying because there's something on the inside of them that has to.